It is Correct Opinions on Wrestling. I'm George. I'm Melissa. And tonight we're going to be reviewing AEW Dynamite. From May 12th, 2021. You got the date. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, a lot of, lot of good stuff on this show. I think this is one of the best Dynamites of the year for me personally. I agree. Um, it felt like everything on this show had a purpose, was important. It felt pay-per-view level to me, honestly. Some some really scary uh, injuries on this show, too. Yeah. People but, uh, went hard. People went really hard on this episode. Which I appreciate. I mean, yeah. But right. I don't want to see anyone get hurt. No, uh, no. But Damn. Boy, did it look good on TV. All right, we ready to get into it? Yep. So first we start out with the IWGP US Heavyweight Championship match. Nagata versus Mox, and I love that this felt like it had almost like a UFC feel to it, because we start the show showing them backstage, getting ready, getting pumped, and then when they came out, Nagata comes out, they show him come all the way through the back, and he's got his young boy with him, (laughs) and then Mox comes out with Eddie, and he comes out to Wild Thing, and it just felt... UFCE is it's kind of fun. It, it really was fun. Um, it gave it a, a different feel. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was it was great. Apparently, it was contested under New Japan rules, which I'm not really sure how that played into this. Well, I yeah, I don't. It didn't play into it, but they. I think it's fun that they did it the only because I, it is a New Japan belt. The only thing I can think of is like if it had gone on the outside for too long, it would have been like a twenty count. Yeah, are you looking at my notes? No. Don't look at my notes. What? The New Japan rules are oh, 60, oh, I see. I 60 see. minutes tops, and when there's a count, when someone's out of the ring, it's 20 seconds. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't cheating off your notes. <laughs> I, I actually was thinking that on my own. So, in the crowd we had some people too. Rocky Romero was in the crowd watching, but also Lance Archer and Jake <laughs> the Snake hmm. out there. And, uh... Moxley and Archer have a history with this belt in New Japan. So I thought that was fun that he was out there watching. Um, So yeah, this is a great, solid match. There are some fun parts in it. Like at one point, Nagata's got Mox in an arm bar. And his (laughs) eyes are rolling back in his head. And you see the whites of his eyes. He did the Undertaker thing. As he's cranking on his arm. Um, But yeah, just a really solid match. And uh, they did a really good job. Because obviously... Nagata is an older wrestler. Right. He's been around a long ass time. But they really structured this match to be like hard hitting, lots of kicks and punches. But Moxley hits the paradigm shift or the death rider for (laughs) the win. And yeah, it was just a really fun match. And after the match, they bow to each other and moxley raises nagata's arm and it just it was very respectful and it's one of those times where you watch wrestling and it's like i'm not embarrassed to be a wrestling fan because sometimes sometimes you're embarrassed to be a wrestling fan (laughs) this wasn't one of those times (laughs) i've never been embarrassed to be a wrestling fan Um, well perhaps i should 
perhaps soon something might happen in this show. Oh, fuck. That will make you slightly embarrassed to I, be a wrestling fan. I take it back. I retract my statement because you're absolutely right. But... This, I think, was a great way to start the show. It's fucking solid. Anyone tuning in, they're not going to tune out during this match. And, yeah. I just feel like this is one of those things that just shows what a superior company AEW is, because it's just like, you get everything in AEW. You really AEW. do. Including other companies. Yeah, you, it's not the same shit every fucking show. And yeah, fucking A+. I do hope Mox gets his old music back. I, I hope this was just kind of like a tribute to Onita. I think it was. Um, But yeah, that's that's the only thing I'd say about it. All right. Moving on. So we went from the, uh... Wait, wait, wait. There's a little... There's. Are you talking about Morvez backstage of the Inner Circle? Oh, I was not. We have a little backstage. Morvez is with Ortiz, Sammy, and Jake Hager from the Inner Circle. And apparently... Um... What's his fucking name? MJF had Santana arrested <laughs> for the fork incident. So Santana's not here because he's apparently in jail. Here's what I want to know. Huh? How? It was a it, it was an anything goes match. Yeah, but a fork, a goddamn fork. There were bats. There were chairs. Barbed wire. Barbed wire. It was in a steel cage. The match is called Blood and Guts, and that man gets arrested over a fork. I have to believe that you know it's in storyline. Some money had to change hands between MJF and the cop. Makes sense to me. I don't know. I think it's hilarious and. Basically, we have this segment because Inner Circle is demanding a rematch. A rematch with the Pinnacle. And maybe later tonight, just maybe, stay tuned, we'll get an answer to this demand. I'll save it. All right. <laughs> no Nani for you. Okay. Now, next. Let's try not to make this mm. a fucking half-hour rant. Yeah, I ain't got time for that. But, but next, we have a segment, a promo from fucking Cody Rhodes. And I just want to say what I have, like a little sum up vibe check for this. Go I, for it. I wrote down here, I vomited in my mouth. <laughs> Did you really? I wrote down someone, someone at AEW, stop him. Stop this. And I also wrote, this legitimately made me want to turn off the TV. So let's get into why I feel this way. Cody comes out here talking about the goddamn USA, baby. And my first thought is, is this fucking asshole running for office? I really thought it might be going that... Honestly, I was hoping. I was hoping it was going in that direction by the time this was over. Because yes. it was so much worse. Because like you said, let him fuck off. Go be George's problem. I know, like... I, by the end, I was like, I want him to just run for office so he can fucking bother Atlanta and stay the fuck off my TV. Let him and his fucking wife go be, you know, the, I mean, what, what's, I think Jim Cornette calls them social climbers. Mm -hmm. Let them go do it. The worst people always get into the highest position in the power anyway. Let them go and stay the fuck away from my television set. They, uh, yeah. I, I hesitate to say anything ruins AEW because it, it is great overall. Yeah. But man, 
they managed to make me almost want to just walk away after that amazing opener. Yeah. Based on just how god fucking dreadful. So Cody starts talking about how people like to criticize the U.S. And this all has to do with the fucking Anthony Agogo thing last week. And I fucking told you he was going to make it a U.S. versus U.K. thing. And goddamn he did it, but he did it in the most nauseating way possible. I mean, at one point he's talking about his love of fucking country music. <laughs> and then he brings up fucking segregation. We and, did not need to go here with this. Well, I'm not going to fucking get into it. But the thing is, he talks about the fucking U.S. and how great it is. And then brings up segregation. Like, somehow we now live in a time where fucking race relations are solved. And it's just like, don't fucking go there if you're going to be this cringeworthy. Um, and then he fucking talks about how in his match against a go-go, he's going to fucking honor his father by instead of being the American nightmare, he's the American dream. And Jesus Christ, I don't want to hear about your fucking dad anymore. Can you, like, do your own thing? Is that mean? No. Here, In fact, I'm going to take that it mean? further. I'm not trying to be mean, but this is just here's, how I feel here's about a, this. Here's a list of things I don't want to fucking hear about anymore. Cody's dad. Cody's wife. Cody's kid that he's going to have. Anything to do with Cody, I don't want to fucking hear about it because this is shit. <laughs> this is so unbelievably dreadful. Um, it. I mean, he got into... I think he mentioned, you know, Anthony Agogo's green card coming over here to to not live Ugh. the English dream. Like, fuck you. Oh like, my god, this is so gross. And then to make it like, and again, you know, I won't get into it, but just the weird racial shit you're bringing into this when it's like, this isn't even the point of this angle. It's, it had nothing to do with this. Like, why bring that up? And, and and the fact that he, the the supposed good guy is like I'm proud to be an American. I've never not been proud to be an. Well, then maybe you should consider why that is, bud, because there have been a lot of times when <laughs> being proud to be an American really isn't it. Honestly, it's like yeah. I to, guess it's easy to be proud to be American when you fucking grew up with a fucking silver spoon. And you've never had to struggle in this country. Yeah, maybe it's it's kind of easy to be proud. By his own admission, he said that he made his first million dollars before he was 25. So you know what? When when that's your life story, yeah. I, I'm sure you're proud to be an American because you're ignorant of what horrible shit goes on in America. Yeah, let's not make this a whole... I don't want to make this a whole fucking political thing because I just want to fucking talk. This is why I was like, I don't want to get into a whole fucking 30 minute thing about this. But one more thing I'm going to say, and this is probably going to sound mean, but I've thought this before and he just continues to do it. And I have, I didn't mention it before this fucking crying. He does in every <laughs> promo. I mean, it's so forced, so fake it's so instant. That's what it is. It's not and he even like. He does it every promo, too. It takes away 
what you learned in acting class when you do it fucking every promo. Ay. And then, and, the, and again, I'm not going to get into it. I'm going to hold, I'm going to really restrain myself here. But when he fucking started talking about his unborn baby. I don't want to no, I don't want to talk about his baby. I'm not like, going to I'm not going to get into that. it, but when he's like the the American princess, it's like Jesus. Are we going to start printing merch already, Cody? There's going to be fucking baby onesies. Is there going to be a fucking action figure before <laughs> Britt Baker gets one, Cody? <laughs> so, to to summarize, out of respect for you, I'm I'm going to, you know, hold my rant, but I'm just going to sum this all up as And that's all I have to say about that. Now let's move on because the rest of the show is fucking gold. Let's move on from this. Man, what a fucking turd. All right. So next we have another little uh, video package with SCU talking about the Young Bucks and talking about how they're going to split if they lose this match, which rolls right into the tag team championship match, SCU versus Young Bucks. Young Bucks come out with Callus and the Chiz Brothers, and I just want to say, before I even get into the match, I rate this match five fucking stars. I'd agree with that. I don't see how you can watch this match and not agree with that. This is one of my favorite tag matches AEW has done. This this was fucking gold. I knew it would be gold. I, I think both these teams are fucking amazing. But, yeah, let's get into it. We start out the match... Kaz is super pissed. Love it. I love Kaz's character. He's fucking slapping. He's being disrespectful. I love it. Young Bucks just being huge pieces of shit. Fucking. I'm like not mad at it. And I, I see what he's doing. But Matt Jackson as a heel is so goofy. It's so fucking Disney villain goofy. But whatever. On the outside though. Something nasty happens. Daniels gets kicked in the head by Nick. His head hits the ring post. He's clearly blading. Is he? Oh. I don't I don't think that's clear. To me, it's not so? clear. You think that was hard way? You know, maybe I'm being worked here. It's possible. You fucking Mark. I, I, I'm not going to pretend I don't get it fucking worked, but... I could see how he could have definitely caught his brow bone on the post. Maybe I'm a moron. Doesn't matter. Well, whatever it was, I, I know it was very scary for him medically, but as a viewer, that was a happy accident because I feel like <laughs> that level of violence really elevated this match. Like, you can have... You can feel however you want about fucking blood and violence, but if you think fucking someone bleeding doesn't up the drama of a match, you're yes. fooling yourself. But he's fucking pouring blood. Especially and given the stakes. I even mean, if they knew this was going to happen, I thought there was a look on Nick Jackson's face for a second <laughs> where he looked like in his head he was saying, oh shit. Yeah. I Even if they were expecting blood, I, I the don't man believe was a for a second anyone was expecting this much blood. It was a fountain. There was, he was pouring blood. There was more blood here than in a lot of blood and guts. 
Honestly. Holy shit, Daniels! If you if you fucking bladed, you need to not go so deep, bud. <laughs> and he was stumbling around the. I mean, he. I don't think it he was selling it. I think it was legit because he, he was, was stumbling fucked. around the you ring. You can't lose blood like that and not have some kind of effect. He ended up missing a move the first time, and that's where you could tell it was like, okay, this is getting serious. Or we're being worked. Either way, you I think don't mind. He, I don't mind being worked. Do you think he missed a move the first time on purpose to sell the blood? Did it not sell it? It did, but I. I, don't I know. think it I was. Got the I think it was legit. I think it was legit. But holy shit! We were just talking about this too. Like we were talking about before this match even happened. How the fuck do you lose so much blood in a match like Blood and Guts, and not just pass the fuck out? Because I know they're in great condition. I know they're you know athletes. But your blood is still your blood. Like, your yeah. body fucking runs on it. Yeah. So how do you lose that much and not just pass out? I don't know, but they fucking somehow... Maybe it's the adrenaline. I don't know. And soon after that in the match, uh, Luke Gallows distracts the ref while Kaz... Fuck, I don't remember who he rolls up, but he rolls up someone for the win. So SCU actually won this match. Yeah, he got the visual pinfall. He got it. And then... Fucking Kaz hits a Styles Clash. And then, I mean, he pins the person. I don't remember who it is again. But he pins someone. And they kick out. But it's, like, so late that, like, honestly, Kaz just won the match twice in, like, a minute. And so not long after that, Daniels is back in. Because he's been outside fucking bleeding to death. He's back in. He's wobbly as fuck. He's pouring blood on Matt Jackson's fucking $5,000 shoes. Bleeding on his shoe! He's like doing a fake crying thing. Matt is because his shoe's getting bloody. And then we get a reference to the old Shawn Michaels-Ric Flair match where Ric Flair super kicks him and fucking puts the old horse down. (laughs) He mouths I love you to Daniels, super kicks him. And... Fucking, what happens after that? Kick out, right? Yeah, like that doesn't end the match. They, they really got me near the end of this match. There were some like, near falls that were like, oh my god, I shit. was convinced. I was convinced after like the third or fourth near fall that, that they're actually going to get the belts. And they fucking didn't. And I'm pissed. So Daniels goes to do his thing where he bounces off the ropes to do a moonsault. He, he's wobbly. He fucking falls back the first time. But then commits and does it anyway, even though he's wobbly. I'm like, Jesus Christ, that's dangerous. That could have gone so badly. And then after that, the ref is distracted. Fucking, what's his name? Cutler throws one of the Young Bucks the cold spray. He fucking sprays Daniels in the face. He hits him with the can. He goes for the pin. Daniels fucking kicks out. I screamed, I'm pretty sure, because I thought that was it. Again, at that point, how do you not think, oh, they're winning? Oh, I wanted them to win so bad. But not long after that, the fucking Young Bucks hit a BTE trigger. They get the win. Kaz is fucking shocked. This, seriously... This was a five-star match, and I wrote down here, this saved the show for me, because after that Cody promo, I legitimately felt done with the show. So did I. And even when this match started, I was, like, kind of distracted by what I had just seen. But this match fucking pulled me in. It was fucking amazing. This fucking match um, slapped. <laughs> this 
This match slaps. This fucking match fucks. <laughs> I fucking love this. I love SCU. And I think a lot of time, like, companies get shit for, like, you know, using older wrestlers and stuff. Yeah. But if this fucking match doesn't prove that it doesn't matter what age the person in, so people either know how to put on a good match or they don't. And this was fucking A+. Plus. There's a difference between this and something like Christian's body of work so far here. I mean... Give the boy some time. Th- Give I'm, him some I'm time. Done. I'm done. But fucking... I don't even know. I don't even want to... I know we need to move on, but I just... I'm so excited about this. I just loved this fucking match. This was so good. A plus SCU and the Young Bucks, you fucking killed it. And I guess we gotta move on. I guess. I guess. So next we have backstage, Eddie and Mox. Oh, this was great. Are in the Elite's locker room. They're fucking messing it up. And I don't know if everyone caught this, but (laughs) Moxley goes into the bathroom and Eddie tells him to blow it up. Yes. What a couple of dirt bags, and I love it. But I will say, at one point, Tony Schiavone makes the comment, I don't normally support property damage, but in this case, it's fine. As I love Tony Schiavone, but what the fuck was this comment? Fuck you, Tony. Eat the rich. Fuck property. <laughs> oh, my God. And then uh, it goes on break, and when we come back, they show that on break, fucking Kazarian and Daniels were hugging, because I guess now they're no longer a tag team. Which is bullshit, because I know that was the stipulation. There was fuckery, though. There was so much fuckery, and actually, they won the match. They really did. So I don't think this should count. I don't think this should count. I hope that storyline... Continues. That gets decided, because I need more SCU. Fuck. Especially Scorpio Sky, let's SCU. Man, fuck Scorpio Sky's <laughs> goofy fucking ass. Scorpio Sky trying to be hard just reminds me of like, it, it would be like if I was trying to be hard. Could you imagine the fucking goofy bullshit? I'd fucking slap you. And you'd be right to do so. And someone needs to shoot slap Scorpio Sky until he cuts the bullshit. <laughs> All right. Next, we have our backstage segment. Dasha is talking to Christian. He's mad about last week's segment, Technique by Taz, which was fucking chef's kiss hilarious. It was great. He's mad about it, though, understandably. And he tells Taz that he has an open contract for a match. And he's talking about the Casino Battle Royale coming up at Double or Nothing and how... The winner gets a fucking match with the champ whenever they want. And who should fucking sidle in but Matt Sidal? I see what you did there. (laughs) And he tells Christian that he has a surprise, but not a Hall of Fame level surprise, which was a hilarious burn by Matt Sidal. He signed the open contract... So he's going to be fighting Christian, I think, next week. And he also said that he's going to be winning the Casino Battle Royale to make up for what happened last year, which is so fucking unfortunate. I feel like that really put a damper on his fucking career for the first, like, six months of his AEW. I'm just going to say the burns were nice. I liked the burns. I appreciated the burns. But two guys I don't give a fuck about. 
So I think Matt Seidel needs like character work, but in the ring, I feel like he's put on some fucking a matches. He's really entertaining as a wrestler. He but just I don't have a reason a to care about him. Yeah. And Christian, I felt like I was kind of into him when he first showed up. I thought they made it feel kind of epic. When but, he went after Kenny. Yeah, but now he's just a fucking old busted ass man. It's like he I don't think he can go. He should have joined Team Taz. <laughs> they could have Taz could have helped him with his conditioning. They could have worked around <laughs> his weaknesses. Oh, so yeah, that's happening I think next week. So then, so then we get our match to see who is wrestling Kenny at double or nothing. We have number one Orange versus number two Pack. So Orange comes out with the best friends and Chris Statlander. He sends them to the back. Pack comes out with the Lucha Bros. Sends he, them to the back. Orange Cassidy shoes them gently to the lazily shoes them to the back. The lazy shoe. So. Should we go through what happened in this match? So, Orange Cassidy starts out by putting the glasses on Pack, who yeah. smashes them because he is a bastard. Yes. And Orange Cassidy opens with the beach break for a two count. Yeah, he. It's. It was, this was a great move because like you have like a guy who does lots of funny bits versus a very serious wrestler. And it worked. So, yeah, Orange does his, like, fuckery and Pac's not having it. So, Orange Cassidy immediately turns it on. Like, within, like, 30 seconds. Hits a beach break for a near fall. Hits a fucking tope suicida with his hands in his pocket mm -hmm. and pulls out the backup glasses. Yeah, I feel like that's further on, though. I'm not quite there yet. All right. All I actually right. don't know when that happened because I didn't make a note of that. But I wrote down that I thought that Pac was trying to actually kill Orange in this match. Yeah. And it turned out he kind of was. <laughs> I mean, at one point, he's doing multiple drop kicks from the corners. And then he hits a super kick, I believe, that... Looked very serious when I saw it on TV and then have later learned that that kick knocked him out. Followed by a Liger bomb. And when he did that, like, I knew something wasn't right because the way... And, like, commentary's like, oh, that's a high stack. And I'm like, <laughs> fucking A, it was a high stack because he laid it on the back of his fucking head. And, you know, I always am like... Am I being worked? Is this real? But I feel like nine times out of ten, I can tell when something's real because you'll see a reaction on someone's face. That doesn't seem right. That, uh, yeah, at one point, there's a look on Pac's face. And there's just like, you know, like the fucking reptile part of your brain that's just like, something ain't right here. Something's not right. It was like out of character almost. Yeah. So I do want to mention that I really did appreciate the part where Orange Cassidy was rolling like a sloth to escape him. <laughs> yeah. Fucking Pat kept going up to the corners to do the fucking black arrow, but just Orange would out of the way. lazily roll out. And at one point he rolled all the way into the corner and was just kind of resting there. But not long after he was dropped on his head, the doctor was actually checking on him. Like legitimately checking on him during the picture in picture. And I can also tell by Aubrey's face 
in Aubrey's actions, like, I'm not saying Aubrey's not a good actor and she can't pull one over, but, like, you could just kind of tell a lot of the times when something ain't right. There's, like, a vibe. I knew something was up when the count-out started during the picture-in-picture, picture, mm-hmm. and it was still going on by the time we got... <laughs> yeah, there's no way you could... That the fucking commercials were only 10 seconds long. Like, if, if it had been, like, a work or whatever, like, at some point... You know, they probably would have started getting back to their feet and doing some light moves until, you know, they got back from break. But that didn't happen here. No. So then fucking Callus comes out. Oh, cause, because, wait, how the fuck did this happen? There was so a Orange, dual count out. There was a dual count out. And uh, Callus comes out. And is saying shit. I don't even remember what he's saying. But Kenny comes up from behind Pack and hits him with the belt. So that's how the double countout happened. Right. So then there's a double... I couldn't remember. That's how the double countout happened. So they say they have no opponent for double or nothing because they're both a couple of losers. Going to take the night off. So Shivani rolls out and tells them he hears from uh, Tony Khan... Double or nothing is going to be a triple threat match. And this was hilarious because Kenny starts freaking out. Screaming, you don't know me. You don't know me. You have no power over me. And one of my favorite parts is he's yelling at Aubrey. He's yelling at Aubrey. Did you do this, Aubrey? Did you do this, Aubrey? And that was so fucking hilarious. Does Kenny Omega not understand the organizational structure of AEW (laughs) as an executive vice president? And like... So I didn't find out today exactly what percentage of this was a called audible because I could tell something wasn't exactly right and this wasn't exactly how it was supposed to go. So the ending, you ended up where it was supposed to go anyway because it was gonna always going to be a triple threat. But they did call the audible for Kenny to come out and hit Pack. Because the plan was for it to go to a time limit draw. Which is so sad to me because I'm always saying to you, I want these matches to go to a draw because I feel like that would be a fun ending you don't see very often. I always want there to be draws. And this was going to be the match with a draw and it would have been awesome. But yeah, I just, uh, apparently Orange Cassidy is okay. Which is good. Thank God. We don't need him having concussions and shit. But uh, yeah, fuck. I mean, it was good. It was really good. I, I was entertained. People, I don't want to see people get hurt, but uh, it they they did a good job covering. Definitely. Because by the end of the match, I I didn't feel like like what the fuck happened. I felt like what part of this was an audible, and what part of this is real, which, which is, I think is good work. Which is good. The third time's the charm because AEW has not traditionally done great with the audibles. Uh, or there should have been audibles that where there weren't. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So. Good match. We get a hilarious segment backstage uh, with the old Kiz Brothers and the Young Bucks. They go back to their locker room, which was all fucked over. All their trash, all their gear is trashed in the circle in the middle. And uh, Anderson says, this is this is where we come to praise the Lord in this circle. Is that what he said? <laughs> yeah. I... We come to this circle to praise the Lord. I fucking miss that. <laughs> And then, then I, I forget which one of the young bucks says they're they're the most Christian men in AEW. Yeah. Oh my god. 
Can so, this please just be their new gimmick? Just a whole bunch of fucking bastard Christian heels. They really... Oh my god, I feel like that's like... That's where the Young Bucks should go, because I feel like that's an extension of their actual personality. Like, take a thing that actually is you and fucking crank it up and make it ridiculous. Because what's worse than hypocritical, douchey <laughs> Christians? So-called Christians. Fucking uh, so, super kick super church. Oh my god, they could make that so gross and hilarious. It would be fantastic. I know you guys are listening to this podcast. Book it, coward Tony. <laughs> Love you, Tony Khan. Thank you, Tony Khan. So, they let us know that they have a match next week against the Varsity Blondes, who I guess are number one now. The SCU's done. Okay. Is that correct? I mean, I, I guess I guess that's it, because they're saying it on TV, right? I guess. And when has TV ever lied to you? <laughs> TV said that? TV said <laughs> <laughs> So, they mock Pillman, saying, I don't even remember, like, something about making your daddy proud or like, something. Oh, you like, want to be a tag champ like your daddy? Oh, yeah, that's fucked up. Oh, but, damn. I mean, they're heels, so it makes sense. And, apparently, at Double or Nothing, they're answering our prayers and giving us a Young Bucks versus Eddie and Mox match. So, I guess the Varsity Blondes aren't winning the belts next week. Interestingly <laughs> enough... Though, I don't ever think they explicitly said that that match was going to be for the belts. I imagine it would fucking have to be, but they haven't said it yet. So maybe they're drawing it out till like, you know, kind of like the build for another week or whatever. But I know you don't really like it when they, you know, throw teams together, but... I'm ready for Mox and oh uh, Eddie to be tag team champions. You know what? It's funny you say that, and I, I don't even know if I'm, like, a hypocrite or if they just make a great tag team, but I feel like they're a tag team. It's because they've been friends for so damn long. I feel like you I'm into it. Yeah. I'm into it. Whew. All right. So that'll be exciting. So next we have a backstage where Marvez is with Hangman and the Dark Order. Oh, this is delightful. And Hangman is saying... You know, Cage beat me, but it wasn't like super fair. I got he's like saying how he got his ass beat before the bell even rang, and how really it was Taz and his coaching that beat him. And he really got into Brian Cage's head here. I really appreciated the. Yeah, uh, he was like, "If I know you, then I know you want to like actually earn that win." So it's real like reverse psychology, ing. He's not just a. Uh, a drunken, millennial, depressed cowboy. <laughs> Apparently, he's a psychologist. I want to be a depressed millennial cowboy. Well, you're already... I'm just a depressed millennial. Aww. I need a third thing. A cowboy hat? Give me a cowboy hat. <laughs> I don't like horses, though. Well, that's good. I'll have to think of something else. Nobody so... likes a horse girl. <laughs> So, apparently, Hangman is going to have a match against Cage at Double or Nothing. And, uh, yeah. I'll take that. And, and delightful, at the end, uh, Paige drops the uh, titular, for you, it'll be Double or Nothing. Mm. And old meat man Johnny Hungy sees what he word. did there. He's like, did, did you just say the name of the pay-per-view? You're, you do that on purpose? You're... You're so smart. He's so smart. <laughs> God damn, I love the meat man. 
Me too. How could you not like John Silver? There's something wrong with you if you don't like John Silver. I question your... You're just dead inside. I question your fucking humanity. <laughs> You're dead inside if you, you don't, don't deserve like to fucking live. You should get the fucking bullet. Oh my god, you can't say things like that. Oh, well. <laughs> He's joking, everyone. He's a fucking dumbass. Am I, though? <laughs> yeah. Am I yeah, joking? You are. Am I a dumbass? Yes. <laughs> All of these things. Say yes. Say you are. So you are, because you can't say dumb shit like that. Yes. Okay, good. All right, next we have our big pinnacle coronation, because they won Blood and Guts. And now, apparently, MJF is the king. He comes out wearing a fucking crown. He has a bevy of ladies. Mm, A bevy? (laughs) There's a bevy of ladies behind him. He's got on a pink pastel suit. Mm-hmm. And he comes out to inform Inner Circle there will be no goddamn rematch. And, okay, so at one point, Tolly is doing that fucking Tolly thing where he gives us a full fucking recap. Why does he have to always state the obvious and just fucking recap things? He That's just so always boring. seems a little fucking senile to me. <laughs> That's fucking mean. Because at one he's point, he's senile. Point, like when he's giving them the fucking watches, he's like, you may question your abilities, but you'll look at that and you'll know that was a gift from Tully Blanchard. You know what I wrote about that? I wrote that's such old man shit. Giving people watches and shit. Is that, like, still a thing, like, giving people watches? Maybe it's a rich person thing that I don't understand. It must be, because I'm like, that is so, like, fucking old-timey. But at one point, I just want to mention this, because this is fucking great. Tolly says (laughs) (laughs) that, I don't remember his wording, but he says something about how these ladies here are the greatest-looking women in the city. Five of the best-looking women the city has to offer. And fucking, you didn't catch this, but I did. MJF fucking grimaces and does, like, that so-so wave of the hand. And I was like, oh, damn, he's a bastard. What a delight. (laughs) That's so, that's so perfect for MJF to do that. That's hilarious. Calls people miserable pores. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so, it's, I mean, it's a thing. All of a sudden, you hear a car horn fucking blaring, blaring. Oh, I didn't have the sound effect ready. That would have been perfect. Whoopsies. You lost your job as a sound man. Oh, fuck. In rolls fucking inner circle. I don't know what you call that thing they rolled in on. It's like a fucking... It's a fucking trolley. (laughs) It's like a... Do they call that a gator or something? It's not a golf cart, and it's not a four-wheeler. It's like some kind of fucking... What the fuck you call that? I don't know. It's a vehicle. We'll just call it a vehicle. It's got, yeah, it's pulling like a fucking, it is pulling like carts. This is hard to explain. It's There's like a fucking utility vehicle pulling carts. And the last cart says a little bit of the bubbly on it. So they roll in and fucking Jericho's hiding in the little bit of the bubbly cart. And he pops up, and his arm's all wrapped up because it's fucked from uh, blood and guts. Which is apparently a legitimate injury. Is it legitimate? Yeah. Okay, because he said on his... I listened to his podcast about blood and guts, and he said that it might be fucked. But 
Yeah, they're pissed. So they pull out. Sammy's got a hose hooked up to the bubbly. MJF de- declines a rematch twice more. So they blast him with the hose and a complete fucking... The Attitude Era blasting people with a fucking liquid. <laughs> I'm not mad at it. I enjoyed it. But I will say the one thing that I wish they had done differently. I wish that they just got to it. Because I feel like that's what made it work back in the day. Like Austin didn't come out and negotiate. He just came out and started spraying. This is one of those places where I feel like we disagree. Because you liked this. I, like, can we move on from that? Can we? I mean... Coming out and fucking blasting people with a fucking liquid. I mean, you say that, but, I mean, it that really hasn't been done for 20 years. I know, but it's so, like, as soon as you saw it, what did you think? It should They should have just done as it. As soon they as just you saw it, it, you think, oh, okay, Attitude Era. Yeah. I mean, whatever. I'm not mad. It's just, like... I guess I have nothing to say about it. Whatever. You know. So, this pisses off MJF. He's going to give them their match. But it's going to not be a normal match. It's going to be Stadium Stampede 2. Which I'm actually pretty excited about. Me too. And but it's not a joke this time. You don't joke about it. <laughs> you don't joke about Stadium Stampede. Um, Because if inner circle wants this match so goddamn bad they'll get it but if they lose the inner circle has to break up which i don't know how you enforce that but the inner circle is broken up if they lose stadium stampede and i just wanted to talk for a few seconds just a little side rant about the jericho podcast where he talks about blood and guts because he said some things on there I found uh, interesting, and it gives you a new perspective on Blood and Guts, because, like, people can say whatever the fuck they want about it, but, like, this is a match that people put, like, time and work into. Right. And, like, you gotta appreciate that. But he makes this comment about how, like, really what wrestling, like, what they do is stunt work. Yeah. And it's just so funny to me, because I think about how, like, people hear wrestling, they think, oh, that's fake or whatever. Let me ask you this question, people who say that. If someone came up to you and told you, I'm a stuntman, would you say to them, oh, so everything you do is fake? Right. Like, is that not a weird concept? It is. Like calling wrestling fake? But stunt work doesn't have the reputation of being carny bullshit. Yeah, it's just funny to me because it's like, okay, so Jericho landed on a crash pad. Yeah, he fucking landed on a crash pad. Like, what... What do you want? He should have landed on the concrete. And again... He should have just fucking died, right, people? My pro- and, and, you know, my problem, and I, I don't know what the what the split is between people who had an issue with this, but my issue wasn't so much that he landed in a crash pad, because of course he fucking was going to. My issue is that they did nothing to actually make that look good on TV. Oh, my God. You know, what I said about this that would have fixed this so much is that fake metal... Sandwich it. If they had put the fake metal sticker or coating on the opposite side also, instead of it being just obviously cardboard on the other side, which I don't know why we're shitting on cardboard either because that's legitimately what stunt people use. Right. This is like legitimate stunt work. But this was just like, if there had been a few tweaks in the actual prop design. Yes. I think it would have looked better. But I feel like 
it's just one of those things where it's like, what what does everybody want, you know? And somebody made a good point about this on a tweet where they were like, last year everyone was pissed when Matt Hardy took that fucking bump and got a concussion. Right. And saying, this is fucking unsafe and how dare they do this. So now we actually have a stunt where the wrestler was protected. And we're like, well, fuck you. I'm like, no. And my fuck you doesn't come from What that. is this Goldilocks shit where it's got a, not too dangerous, but not too safe it either. Just, I want it to be safe, but I want it to look good. And I feel like they've got enough resources at their disposal where there's no excuse for it not to look good on TV. Yeah, I guess. I mean, a fucking... Anyone who's fucking mad about it and on fucking Twitter, bitch, I'm like, oh, fuck even off, a, though, honestly. a different honestly. angle, like a different angle, a different camera angle would have fixed that, you know? Like, something. Yeah. All right. That's enough about blood and guts. I hit feel hit like the bell. Giving, I feel like you're giving too much leeway there. I do give leeway, because these people are out there putting their bodies on the fucking line every week, and it's like, ooh, that wasn't... You didn't get hurt enough. I don't appreciate that. How, how, how does that excuse the prop department from not stepping up their game? That's that's my point. Yeah, but, like, I mean, it's a few tweaks here and there, but, like, if that, like... If you watch Blood and Guts and that's all you took away from it, that's, like, sad to me. Hmm. After that whole fucking match, and you're like, well, this one thing that wasn't quite up to my standards well, the finish, is gonna, like, delete this whole match. It didn't delete it, certainly, but the finish is what people remember. I, I just hate people, you know? Just yeah, fuck I get it. That. Fuck you, know, you all. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> all right. All right. Moving on. Moving on. We have JR with an interview with Britt Baker, and this was awesome. It was very serious. I love, like, JR's very serious interviews. People said that this was almost like she was giving a face promo. Really? Yeah, to a degree. I didn't get that is it at because all. She, is it because she was sitting down? She wasn't just coming out and ranting and... Oh, so if she doesn't act like a fucking over-the-top Disney villain, she's she's a good guy? I guess so. I don't know. Because I don't know what about this was good guy. But they talk about, and this is funny, they're doing a photo shoot for Forbes <laughs> uh, with Tony Khan and, like, the champions in the ring. And Britt Baker comes out to attack Sheeta, and her reasoning is she's going to have that belt before the Forbes article comes out. So shouldn't the current champion be there? Can't and argue I, with that. I thought that was great. And... I mean, I didn't write a word for word what she said. It was a great segment. And, uh, yeah, did you write anything else about it? No, nope. but basically she's going to be the champ. If you want to see a good interview segment, go fucking check it out. I'm not going to fucking transcribe it for you. You're not going to Tully Blanchard it? <laughs> no. <laughs> so then next we get a, uh, a squash match with uh, Thunder Rosa and some jobber. Jasmine Allure. Oh, okay. These are people. They're jobbers. They're you're, jobbers. You're an asshole. <laughs> and so my thinking for this is we have our token women's match for the night. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And my question is, really think about this. Why can we not have more than one women's storyline? The only storyline going on in AEW right now is, like, Sheeta and Britt and semi-Thunder Rosa. That's can you, two. Can you... It's not even a full-on, because... One, two. Why the fuck 
Like, can you imagine if, like, in the fucking men's we had, like, oh, well, Kenny's got a storyline, so nobody else has a storyline. Is, am I the fucking only sane person here? How is there not more than one women's storyline? We only get one fucking women's match a week because there are no goddamn storylines. And, oh, nobody wants to see women's wrestling and it doesn't sell. Well, yeah, because you don't fucking have any stories, any fucking characters, and you don't show them on TV. So how the fuck are they ever going to get to the level where they're making as much money as the men when they're not even on the goddamn show? Like, fuck you. I'm getting fucking pissed. This I is stupid. I can tell. Stupid. It's kind of creeping me tell out. Me, tell me this is not stupid. Tell me I'm insane and this isn't. I would never say something like that to you. But I get your point. Explain to me how the women's wrestling will ever be on the level of the men's if they're not on the fucking show and they don't have a fucking story. Explain it to me. I don't have an answer to that. I'm so sick of hearing about how the fucking nobody wants to see the women's wrestling. Well, nobody wants to see it because there's no fucking storyline to be invested in. I'm sick of this. It's bullshit. Because, you know, they got all these other fucking storylines for all the men, and you're telling me, oh, like, the women, we just can't come up with anything? Like, come on. You know, we Somebody d- needs to call this out. You know we do WrestleRant on Monday. <laughs> Somebody, why is nobody talking about this? Where are you, fucking, what's her name? <laughs> what's her fucking name? Brandy. Where the fuck are you, Brandy? When it, when it comes to fucking women actually being on the show. But no, pay your fucking $50 for heels and you can see a makeup tutorial. But <laughs> but fucking, when it comes to the actual show and being a part of the actual show, where are you? That's because it's just about image for her. It's not about actually making a difference. It's about glorifying her fucking fevered ego. Alright, let's not get... You're getting sidetracked into a different rant. My rant is about the fucking women's division not having any... Like, what's Nyla Rose doing? Why doesn't Chris... Why stupid does, shit. She's been doing stupid shit on BTE for the past few months. Why do we not have anything going on between Penelope Ford and Chris Statlander? Abaddon, on fucking Dark two weeks ago, beat fucking Rio Mizunami. What are we doing with Abaddon? Like, what's happening? Nothing. Nothing's happening. Well, maybe once it's the bullshit. belt. Well, you know what? Maybe once b- the belt goes on to Britt Baker, maybe we'll start to see some new fresh storylines with that. Hopefully. All right, we can move on now. Speaking of the women's division, we have Shivani with Jade. Okay, apparently she's a fucking free agent. And why are we talking about her like she's a free agent? Like every wrestler has a manager? Like, what do you mean she's a free agent? So then we get a shot of uh, MJF scumbag lawyer coming out. Yeah, he wants to be his services, her manager. And it's so funny because in the in the shot, like she looks like she's actually interested. Like, oh, this guy's making a, a decent offer. <laughs> yeah. But then we cut back to the promo, and she's like, "I handle my business. I'm I'm listening. I'm my own but boss." It's like, did, did and, and did you know she's that bitch? Yes. Apparently, okay, on WrestleRant, we discussed this. We discussed, is Jade that bitch? It is confirmed again for the fucking 12th week in a row. Jade is that bitch. And does she have some kind of contract where she doesn't have to say more than three sentences? 
Because we keep getting these fucking segments with Jade where she says fucking three sentences and that's it. She can't fucking talk. She... Well, I don't know. Can she? Can she? They give her fucking... Uh, they give her 30 seconds. But they've before that, they've given her time. They've given her featured segments. And she just can't fucking talk. We don't know if she can go in the ring. Because um, she, 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 yeah, she certainly hasn't shown that she can. She know. continues to just float onto the top based on her look, which is a fantastic look. But Jesus Christ. Well, I mean, Christ. If, you can, if you can live a life, fuck it, you know? Yeah. I'm not going to begrudge her. I don't begrudge her, but I do begrudge the decision to push her to the very top when there's nothing there. And again, ugh, she has no fucking storylines anyway. Her, her storyline is that she's that bitch and she knows Shaq. Why? I mean, if you want to push her top, why is she not feuding with anybody? Why is there no fucking story? Because Brandy Rhodes is out on maternity leave. Don't, <laughs> and, don't and, bring her into this. It but, doesn't, but you know what? This you got to look at the fucking top. Why are the people on top? Tony Khan. Why isn't Tony Khan doing anything about this? I I, I don't. Why know. aren't the fucking bookers doing anything about the fact that there's no goddamn storylines in the women's division? I don't. Know, I don't know who's doing the most. Um, I mean, yeah. Who's t- doing the most harm is what I'm wondering now. I do know who's that, holding this back. So I do know that you know Dustin is doing an amazing job with. He's doing like in training work. Them. Yeah. Uh, so I think he's really killing it. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I don't know who's to blame or what's to blame, but you know it, it's definitely lacking. At the end of the day, it needs fixed. So somebody fucking get on it. Because this is, it's getting ridiculous at this point. I mean, we're fucking almost two years into this, and we still don't have any fucking decent storylines other than Britt Baker. Everything revolves around Britt Baker, and I'm not mad about that, and she should be champ. She's fucking killing it. But we can't have more than one goddamn women's storyline? Ugh. Anyway. We're getting to our main event. We have a little... Darby Allen black and white video where he's driving around in Seattle and I didn't catch it. He goes to some house. I don't know if he used to, I guess he used to live there or something. It's some hellhole. It's terrifying. And he's just talking about all the work he's done to get where he is today and how Miro has done fucking fuck all since he's shown up. With calls this, him a generic son of a bitch. He calls him generic, which to me, that's like the fucking ultimate burn, isn't it? Yeah. To call a professional wrestler generic. Yeah. I mean, to me, that's like the worst thing you can be as a professional wrestler is generic. Damn, he burned his ass. So I'll be getting to the match. Miro comes out and then Darby comes out. He's got Sting with him. And fucking we hit it right away miro just fucking commits a pre-bell beatdown oh my god yeah he's fucking ragdolling him he's stomping him and he's screaming at the camera am i underwhelming yes (laughs) (laughs) but and he keeps yelling at the ref to ring the bell yeah and here's the real and you brought this up why isn't sting doing anything what the fuck was that about so all these weeks, Sting is there to make sure no fuckery happens. And here we have Miro beating the shit out of Darby before the bell rings, which is fucking illegal. And Sting stands there watching. 
it, it makes no what sense. It's one of those things fuck? where, you know, if you thought about it for all of five seconds, you would have fixed it, but they overlooked it for some stupid goddamn ass reason. All these weeks, he's been threatening people with it. People who aren't even doing anything illegal. He's threatening them. Don't you fucking do anything. Here's Miro fucking cheating and Sting stands there watching. I mean, why Wrap is he even out there that. if he's not going to address that? Oh, Lord. So we got fucking Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page in the crowd because of course we do. Darby takes a fucking tailbone murdering flip. At one point, fucking Darby Tope Suicidas and he shot like a fucking bullet through those. I've never seen a more intense dive than that. Literally, he fucking bulleted. He Is that did. a verb? He bulleted through those ropes ragdoll really is the word for it he just got his fucking ass kicked yeah like this match honestly i think you know yeah he's been a generic son of a bitch he's been a fucking goofball but this match did an amazing job of rehabbing miro yeah miro looked like a monster like i buy him now you know mm -hmm. and, and and we've talked about this before that's something that aew is really good at rehabbing people yeah. mm -hmm. so at one point on commercial break scorpio sky is attacking sting but by the time we come back from commercial stings up and fine and standing back in his corner um so at one point fucking darby gets the upper hand he's choke he's on miro's back choking him out but he does a good job of selling the fact that his arm is fucked up from being thrown down the stairs last week mm -hmm. so he can't quite Lock it in. Get it in. And something I love that he did is as he's choking Miro, he's pinching his nose shut. Yes. Which is one of the things I see in wrestling where I'm like, that makes so much sense. You never see it, but that makes absolute sense that you would do that. Definitely. So that's great. But Miro gets the upper hand again. He pulls off Darby's kinesiology tape that's holding his arm. He's attacking the arm. But something that happens is weird at one point. Darby's down. He's over by Sting. Sting and Darby are making father-son eye contact. And they do a fist bump. Go get him, son! Which is so weird to me. Because as it's happening, Miro's just standing there watching. And I'm like, why is Miro standing there watching these two fist bump? So, that's kind of weird. I, I thought that was weird. Did you think that was weird? Well, I mean, we've, we've established that in, in the other company that Miro's a cuck, so maybe he just likes to watch. Oh, my God. What the fuck? <laughs> <sighs> That's pretty good. So we get some great fucking near fall counter sequences at the end, but Miro gets him in the fucking game over submission. Darby doesn't tap. Darby is out, and the ref has to end it. Just calls it. Miro wins. Fucking Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page just... You know what they are? They're two fucking hyenas. They're only Why the hyenas from Lion King. Why are they even there? They fucking come out. They're attacking Sting. But who comes out for the save? Dark Order. What's going on there? Oh. Dark Order comes out for the save. And then also Lance Archer comes out. But Jake's holding him back. At the stage. So we end with kind of Lance Archer and uh, Miro celebrating. I'm not mad at the uh, the prospect of a hoss-off for the TNT title. 
I would love to see Lance Archer get it. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's Lance Archer's time. It's time for him to get a belt. But what's going on with Lance and Sting? Oh. Oh, boy. It's going to be a custody of Lance Archer <laughs> match. Lance on a pole match. Lance Sting versus pole. Jake the Snake and a Lance Archer on a pole match. You know what? I'll allow it. I would... I'd, I'd watch it. I would watch it. I'd laugh. watch it before I'd watch another fucking Cody promo. Oh, so that was a show, everyone. This is a good ass show, for the most part. I I would give this an A plus. This was an A plus show. This felt like honestly, I'll, most of this felt like a pay per view caliber show to me. This the, this show was so good it actually made me glad I didn't turn it off after Cody's promo. Me too. So studs and duds. I you know what. For one night only, if Cody's doing things for one night only, I'm doing something for one night only. This was so egregiously fucking terrible that for one night only, I have to give Cody Rhodes the dud of the night. Cody Rhodes is also my dud of the night. He was my dud of the night last week, too. He is just fucking unbelievably terrible. What is it about him? I just feel like there's something... I feel like everyone's got, like, this instinct in their brain where, like, they see someone and they know something ain't right. And there's just something about Cody that just fucking, something ain't right there. Something rubs me the wrong, there's something... He's just a self-centered, sociopathic douchebag, <laughs> and it's so you transparent. You can't just throw around the word sure, sociopath. You can, at, you can just tell, you can just tell it's like... Allegedly for entertainment purposes only. <laughs> well, I, you know, I haven't done psychological testing on him, but... I mean, you just can tell. It's the same thing where, like, you know, back in the day, you know, Triple H and fucking Stephanie McMahon would open Raw every week with a fucking 25-minute promo. Mm. And it's the same kind of thing here. Like, Brandy and Cody just want to run all over the fucking company like that to the detriment of the product. Cody puts on good matches. I have no problem with that. Yeah. But there's just too much of him. There's just too much of him. Oh, and man. See, our, this is what bothers me. Our shows always end up being Cody rants, and I just feel like we're giving them too much of our airtime. I don't... I mean, let's just say our piece and just leave it, because, like, I don't want... He's bringing me down. I don't want to talk about him so much. You talk about the airtime? He sucked the fucking <laughs> air out of this show. Temporarily. Right. So he's a dud. My studs of the night, fucking SCU and the Young Bucks. They're my... I just fucking love that match. Mine are S the same, mm -hmm. uh, leaning pretty heavily towards SCU and Christopher Daniels uh, specifically. Because fucking that, Christopher Daniels was the stud of the night. God that damn was it. a that was a performance. Yeah, you know that you say it. My stud of the night, my singular stud of the night is Christopher Daniels. Loved it. That was Loved fantastic. everything about it. So, um, great show. I just want to say something real quick. Fucking Correct Opinions on Wrestling is going to be doing a giveaway. And we'll be giving you more information on it soon. But it's going to involve our podcast for Double or Nothing. Yes. And it will revolve around Twitter. So if you don't have a Twitter... Fucking get one. Get one. Because we'll be giving away a... What's it called? A gift card for the AEW shop. Um, so stay tuned. We'll be giving you more information on next week's AEW Dynamite Review. Oh, goddamn. Tune in. Now, could could I potentially win this? Fuck you. 
employees aren't employees <laughs> employees are not allowed to enter all right that was the show let's end this shit till next time i'm george i'm melissa and bye-bye bye, -bye. bye.